There's only two things I own that are leather. Okay. I have my baseball gloves from when I was a kid before I gave up meat. No need to throw them out. Sure. Can't save that cow. And then I was really worried about this one hike I had to do. It was like a pretty scary one that a lot of people like die on. And in a pinch, I knew I needed good hiking boots and I couldn't find vegetarian ones. So I had to buy what I think. I think they might be synthetic, but they also might have some leather strapped in. And I don't like it. Let me ask you this. Someone gives you a gift, a notebook. Yeah. Leather. Yeah. It's already been paid for. Killed. Whatever. (laughs) Do you... Do you re-gift it to someone else? Do you hold on to it? Do you throw it? A, what's your kind? Of, do you do you politely say, "Hey, actually, I say nothing." Okay, because that's really tacky. Sure, uh, I don't throw it in the garbage because okay. that's a waste. Uh, yeah, I would re-gift or just give to somebody who I think would want it. I would try to keep it alive in the spirit of the animal that was yeah. given for this notebook. But I certainly wouldn't say anything. That's super cheesy. Yeah, I guess I'd be like, be... excuse me, uh, do you know nothing of my ethics? Yeah. Um, no, I wouldn't say anything. But also, I mean, I realize that there's no pragmatic reason not to touch the notebook. You know what I mean? Like the thing's dead and skinned and already been bound into a book. Right. So obviously I can't help this thing out anymore. Right. But when it comes to like leather couches and stuff that like you touch and it's around it actually just grosses me out because i just think of skin is this leather do you think yeah it definitely is yeah yeah it's hard for me to tell some fancy studio like this leather i feel like synthetics have come a long way they sure have but (laughs) i feel like leather and this is as a buyer of fake leather for many years it doesn't wear the same it kind of looks the same at first but the way it creases and the way it ages is quite different. So that's where a couch, I don't think you're going to get very far. I think the fake ones are probably the ones that get those little crackies eventually right. in there. And that's why the ladies or the men like to wrap their couches in plastic. Did you ever go to those houses yes, when you were a absolutely. kid? Yes, absolutely. Plastic couch houses? Yeah. So uncomfortable. Yeah. It's sort of like why I have the couch. I feel the same way with couches, shoes, and cars. Like three things people obsess over keeping nice. And to me, it's like a Sisyphean task. Like there are three things that are just going to be destroyed eventually. Yeah. Especially living where I live. Like yeah. your bumper, if you're trying to save your bumper or something. Sure. <laughs> yeah, that's sure. like, that's ridiculous. So I almost like want them just to take a little ding like as quick as possible. So I just don't care anymore. Guitars is one like that too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. I used to always be so grateful for the first thing of an, on a new guitar yeah. because up until that point it was just nerve wracking. Yeah, no, but I, I never know. really. I, I and I also used to buy even when I had money I would buy used guitars. I just felt like there was more soul in them. Oh, yeah. you do like the spirit of the person who played dude, it before you. It is. There's definitely some shit there, dude. <laughs> Do you think that's material. true? Does like juju pass over into an instrument? Like if someone who just ripped on an instrument, like there's good juju in it? Yeah, man. Something that generates <laughs> emotion and like... Yeah, yeah. And, and plus it's an organic wood. It's made of organic material. I I mean, I don't know. When I was Treated really, with when I was really young, taking my first guitar lessons... 14 years old. Take probably. us a walk down memory lane. What was this, rural Indiana? I, you know, this was in Massachusetts. <laughs> My guitar teacher had a shop, right? And he had this guitar in there. It was a Black Les Paul. And it, it was, it was so, you know, it was war- like the, like the neck was worn through, you know, to the wood in, in the areas where like the major chords were like A and G and whatever. And, um, it had been a studio guitar and he had like a list of like all the guys that had played it when it had been in the studio. And it was like, you know, like every seventies guitar player. Cool. Like, that is cool. Like huge rock stars. And I remember picking up, and of course I was obviously very impressionable, but, uh, I just, I felt like I could feel it, man. I, <laughs> I tried to get my dad to buy it and there was no way. No. <laughs> Last night I, I was a little frustrated after everyone went to sleep. I just don't think I got my any physical activity at or anything and i felt that beast inside me and i was very tired but at about nine thirty ten, i walked over to my drum space 
you know, maybe dabbled a little of the good good. And then I played uh, Led Zeppelin physical graffiti or the bulk of it. And it just felt so nice. Yeah. Just so cathartic. What do you do? You put I was in like the middle of In My Time of Dying and I'm just like... So what you have it on I'm headphones? Like, oh. You have it on headphones? Or you play it over a PA or what? Headphones, headphones for me. Yeah, I brought that up because sometimes John Bonham died not long before I was born, within the year. And sometimes when I'm playing a Led Zeppelin record, I like to like think in my head. I'm like, ah, oh, there's that little piece of John. What's up, bro? <laughs> And then there's this uh, Led Zeppelin uh, matted poster up in my house and Bonham's rocking like long hair and a mustache in it. And and my son goes, Dada, when we walk by it. Wow. Yeah. And I'm like, sure. Uh, Keep saying it. I don't even correct him. (laughs) Fuck it. Do you think Joe from the Menzingers ever has that fantasy? Nah, he probably is a different one. He probably has got someone different. Um, we should have asked him. Yeah, we should have asked him, but I don't think it's Bonham. No, probably not. What does not. he look like? He looks more like Liberty DeVito. <laughs> That's just because he's, he's Italian. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what Liberty DeVito looks like. I think he's like. got a Jerry Curl, so I don't know if this is right at all. I don't know. I'm surprised I remembered his name real fast. Me too. Yeah. Not to be confused with Danny DeVito. Of course. Of course. But yeah, this is a Menzingers interview. You set this one up. I did. Yeah, we played with them the night before. Uh, my band Wax Bottles was booked, but we had to cancel, so I snaked my way onto the show with my other band, Mercy Union, and we played a very fun show, and then uh, met in Brooklyn. And Tom and Joe came and by. Tom and Joe came, and we had this fine discussion. Yes, we had this at... Uh, at Bar A. A Bar. A Bar. A Bar. Over mm-hmm. on Manhattan Avenue. Manhattan Ave. That's right. And here's the interview with uh, Joe, Joe and Tom. Tom from the Menzingers. It's going on Wait, tell me more about the dollar store. Oh, the dollar store. Yeah, Did you have to wear store. anything like a polo? No. Yeah, you wear a polo, but not like a uniform. Was it the chain, the dollar store? It was Dollar Tree. Dollar so I knew tree. this kid whose like, neighbor was like the manager of like these Dollar Tree stores. And oh, a regional man, like a like a big shot. Okay, and he was like, "I can get you a job." I was like sixteen. My mom was just on my ass. She's like, "You need a job." Yeah, and I was like, "I know a guy. I'll work, <laughs> I'll work at the dollar store." So it was what, sick. What was the experience like? What did you like about it? Oh God, I don't even remember. Honestly, I it was just easy. It was just so easy. You had to deal with a lot of freaks, though. Yeah, because people even like they're getting things for a dollar and they're still just up your ass, just being oh, like, of course. insane. Well, the people but, who are actively shopping at the dollar store need those cents mm-hmm. yeah. more. Like I used to. Yeah, that's. When I, I mean, when I delivered pizzas to like the really poor areas of town, they'd ask me for like silver back, you know, on dollars, which mm-hmm. for a pizza man is it's offensive. <laughs> you know what I mean? You're not even willing. Yeah. Willing to give me your silver, yeah, you know, and uh, yeah, it, it led to a couple altercations, yeah, not physical altercations, sure, sure. but someone being like, "Hey, what, you got my change?" And I'm like, "No, yeah, <laughs> like I just no, yeah, yeah. Like, fucking ice cream man, and carry that shit in my belt." I was definitely no. in hindsight too, like shy of a kid at that point in my life to be working in any sort of like customer service or anything <laughs> retail because you have to like talk to people. Yeah, I, mean, I wasn't good at that then. My hair was like in my eyes. <laughs> what was? Yeah, hemp necklace all the way. There's I worked in the grocery store across the parking lot. Yeah, yeah, in yeah. the same shopping center across. So we would what just was like that called? Garrity's. Garrity's. Garrity's supermarket. Were you guys yeah. playing music together at that point? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. we were like, yeah. it's like 16, 17. We okay. were already jamming yeah. the band before this, but still same. This was Bob and the Saggots? Yep. Yeah. Scott band. Those days. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. A couple I was years uh, shy of Menzingers. Uh, see, this is like just all, everything about the Menzingers to me is exactly indicative of this story. Yeah. <laughs> it's like I've never met a group of people who've just known each other so long yeah. and, like, grown up together and started this so long ago and then, like, stayed in the same exact band with the same guys, actually, like, let it grow. And on top of that, as someone who's, like, toured with you guys and, like, been around it, if you, like... You don't even know who the leader of the Menzingers is. I'm serious. <laughs> yeah. And that's like really rare. You know what I mean? Like I 
like once you get into like the minutia and you see like who's actually like answering fucking emails and shit like maybe you'll find out but like on the outside nobody knows yeah like it is one of those true like democratic yeah kind of bands and i think the only people ever to pull that off have been canadians <laughs> and all sick of it all that's it, that's it. <laughs> like it's pretty much the, yeah the things i can think of mm-hmm. yeah. but like i always wondered with you guys about like just the decision making process like like how does something trickle in from like management through you guys to like making a decision We've got, uh, we are, I'm glad you picked up on the democratic thing because we are you know, the epitome of a democratically functioning kind of unit. Uh, sometimes to a fault when you can't get to a decision made, so everybody's just kind of like, all right, and then you just don't talk about it again for until <laughs> it's like a Two months later, it's like, wait, I need an answer on it's that. It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. oh, wait, we did have to decide something. But uh, it's amazing because we could all just be friends and, uh, you know, there's no like ever. No one's mood makes the decisions. You know, what I mean, like no one can be in a, a different place and then completely affect the way that, that we operate. But it's great because yeah. we'll have a couple group ch- like group texts. One of them is with our manager, and that one is the one that like the real. He'll email everybody first, and then nobody will get back to him for like two days, and then he just jumps in the text. Right, and right. Kind of just like hash it out if everybody's around. Do you guys like you guys go on a text? Outside of the manager, oh yeah, we got yeah, one. Yeah, like, okay, we have every version of group between group text. And yeah, we've crew, got one that's all of band us, and crew. Yeah, us and crew, us and just our tour manager, yeah. us and our manager. How often do you, do you send it to the wrong group? Do you ever do that? I've done that before. Uh, I've definitely done it before, yeah. but I don't think in the band one. Yeah, yeah, not so much in the yeah. band one. I don't that's think good. It's ever happened. Like, and there's never a break in democracy where there's a one-on-one conversation that's involved in the group text. Uh, yeah, it does. Yeah, I mean, sure. you try to right. not take it personally, so it gets like cooled down real quickly. But maybe that'll break off into a single text and then uh, we'll hash it out and come back. Sure. Yeah. And he tells two friends. <laughs> <laughs> I know when I get a text from our tour manager Scott, like just write to me, not in a group, that I'm like supposed to be doing something I didn't do. <laughs> like, <'cause> <laughs> otherwise, we don't text each other personally. But it's like Scotty Bell comes in, I'm like, oh shit, what did I do? <laughs> like, well, what are like? I mean, so in reality. I mean, you guys have found a lot of success and you're obviously like making good decisions. So what's like something that you could actually like take from it? That's like something you guys found that like works that could like work for another band or something. I mean, it's like hard, you know, I mean, mm-hmm. I've, I've gotten to that point where I'm like, I feel like bands operate more functionally when someone's like a sledgehammer, you know what I mean? Yeah, totally. And like, and that's kind of when like things move a little bit more and have a little more focus but like that's because of my like through many years like just a lot of like democratic things like yeah like not being um functional enough yeah to like survive so like what's like an actual like tangible tip you can man tell, like, i think uh what what i found that works for me the best and what i think i noticed works for us uh, collectively is when you're able to remove yourself from like uh the idea or i don't know opinion that you that you have about something let's say it's a t-shirt design or riffing a song or or whatever a city that you want to play if there's a, a discussion happening and it's like decided that you won't be doing what you want it's not a personal attack on you it's just how it moves it's a decision to be made you know it's like uh you can't let it be a reflection of like a lack of your self-worth or something like that you know like uh i think if you can separate yourself from it like that then uh you can not have any type of long lasting grudge or anything like that. Also, I think it just boils down to, I mean, I can think about this for days is why we have this unit we do, but I think it just comes down to like egos and not having any, like there's no, it's, I don't know. I think it's sometimes it's simple as that. Some, somebody in a band's in some bands have egos and that just makes everything hard. Yeah. (laughs) But I don't think we, I don't know. We've always just kept each other in check. I mean, don't get me wrong. We've gone all gone through our phases, but it's never anything drastic enough to where, like, you know, we've always kept each other in check to be able to just yeah. be like. I think we're good at picking and choosing our battles too. You get down and be like, do you like who gives a shit if the shirt's Kelly Green or Forest Green? Or like, <laughs> yeah, it doesn't really. Like you get heated for a second. You're like, yeah, at that point you're just shit. like, oh, I don't even care like, about this. What are we I'm actually just talking over about? Or something. Right yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, how strategic are you guys though? Like, as far as like, I don't know how this stuff works, but could you like 
text your manager and be like, we want to go into Earth Green Day. Like, make it happen. Yeah. Like, yeah we, 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 we text do. him and our uh, <laughs> uh, booking agent, Phil, all the time that we want to go on tour at 311. Usually at like 2 o'clock in the morning. To the point where over the years, it's been an ongoing thing for years. Now. We've been with Phil for like, I don't know, six, seven years, whatever yeah. it's been, maybe longer. But it's been like a, a yearly thing where – you know, we're like, yeah, dude, get us on tour with 311. And it got to a point a couple years ago where he actually was in the position to submit us. And he's like, I just want to be clear. All these years, was this a joke? Because, like, I can actually I can do actually it. Make it like, I can at least it submit. might not be the worst tour yeah. for you guys. That might be kind of – no one would expect it. What's yeah. 311 yeah. like? What do they draw these days? Where are they playing? They played at the Tower Theater in Philly last time I we saw them. We saw them a couple years ago. What's yeah, the like cap there? 3,000 or something. around there somewhere? They're doing good. They're doing I just saw on Instagram because I follow them on there. What's their biggest song? The Cure cover still? It might be. It that. might be. Amber. Yeah. Amber. I don't know Down how big it. the songs were at the head in the 90s, but to me, they're, you know, they were massive. Yeah, it's hard to judge like now what that would be. Joe, you got a 311 update? Yeah, Instagram? Oh, I just saw that they did House of Blues in San Diego a couple okay. nights yeah. in a row. I don't know. I forget how big that is. We played there. 700 or something? Yeah, yeah. so a few nights there. So yeah. It's it would, good. yeah, you guys it's can maybe fine. bring out different groups of fans to each other's, you yeah. know. Yeah. Well, now Bridget, the way I yeah. see it is we just got off tour with Sublime. So I feel like... That we made some, yeah, some fans, some, some reggae fans, fans yeah. yeah, some reggae rock fans from that. Oh, How was Sublime? Yeah, awesome. Yeah, yeah, it was a lot of fun. I had a blast on that tour. Yeah, I was just in a in a, speaking of group texts, my horrible group text that I'm in with many friends that I'm not allowed to name was just talking about Sublime, and I found myself defending Sublime mm-hmm. because like there's just there's just better things to hate, isn't there? Oh yeah, you know, right? Yeah, like like they really weren't bad. I think. I, I said it, they were like, I'm like, listen, guys, it's just like ska music for lacrosse kids. You know what I mean? Like, like don't be so offended by it. There it's were, like, yeah, it's like watching Anchorman and trying to find like a deep meaning, yeah. you know, just let it be as sublime. There are kids listening to sublime that fun. didn't realize they liked bad religion, but did. You know, yeah, right? yeah they, that's true. Like that, you know. Uh, do you guys remember that band? I think I told the story. Did I tell you my really quick sublime story? No, but I. Uh, do you remember that band on your label, Epitaph, Dead Fucking Last? I remember they the put, name. Yeah. They put out an album in like the late '90s, and it was like produced by one of the Beastie Boys, and they played in Cleveland, opening for Sublime. Where you're from? <laughs> Where I'm from, at Peabody's Down Under, and I went, and Sublime was headlining, and it was a school night, and I never heard of them, and just left. Wow. <laughs> and they're playing a club with like a hundred people. Oh yeah. my god! That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, in like 1997 or something. Wow. Yeah. Damn. The uh, the first time I ever went to Asbury Park was for 311. Really? Yeah, it was at the Stone Pony with a band oh, yeah. called The Urge. Urge, yeah. From I believe St. Louis. Okay. And uh, I went with my buddy Matt in his rickety Ford Escort, parked in Asbury. I've never been there. I have no experience with this place. Shut the door. Guy comes right up to us holding a flapjack. You know those little leather things with the lead inside? Yeah, yeah. Basically just, you know, meant to knock someone real fast <laughs> or break a window. Yeah. And he's like, oh, what's up, guys? Uh, um, you know, there's a lot of break-ins going on around here. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, is that right? And uh, I'm like 13 or 14 or something when this is happening, like 94. And, you know, I'm terrified. And the guy's like, oh, I'm, we're like, Really? And he's like, yeah, but, you know, you give me, like, $10, I'll make sure we stay around the car and that'll be safe. And <laughs> yeah. we're like, yeah, 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 man, sure. And it worked. Yeah. I, yeah, I'm glad. I mean, well, basically, he was just like, if you don't give me $10. Yeah, like that would company. happen in yeah. Cleveland, too, at the Agora, all the time, yeah. yeah. It's just racketeering. It's it is. Great. It's just on, like, the, the most minimal level. It's but so you got you to make your way, right? Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, there's something out there. I respect it when I see stuff like that. Did you guys ever see any like crazy stuff as shows in Philly kind of growing up? Like any like dangerous experiences? Just lots of fights yeah. that were yeah. involved. People that were twice my size yeah. and moves like three times as fast as I will ever move. Yeah. So, yeah. It's kind of crazy now to think like, I feel like when we go to shows, there's always that fights were just a thing. Like it was like expected. Like Don't, that was going to happen. Yeah. Be a fight. Don't you feel like it, you weren't really, I wasn't that scared when it would happen then. And I feel like if it happened now, I'd be terrified. Oh, like yeah. you were just like, ah, oh, these guys are fighting next to me, but I'm just going to focus on the band. Right. Yeah. That's yeah. I think it was just much more expected then. He, yeah. Like, someone's going to fight, you know, it's normal. But yeah, now it's like, what the hell? Someone's going to probably 
you know, stab somebody. <laughs> like right. it's going to escalate. I, in my head, I think it's going. Yeah, to especially yeah. it seems like it's really declined over the years. I mean, we used to our running joke was every the first six or seven shows we played in Boston, we had to stop because a giant fight broke out, and we just be like, all right, well, it's well, they that's how they go to shows in Boston. I guess. Yeah, Boston, <laughs> I think is the most violent. Yeah. yeah. My, how often do you guys have to stop a show for a fight these days? These days, probably like twice a year. Okay. Yeah. yeah. It's, uh, it's so rare. it really doesn't happen very often anymore. Yeah. Which is a good thing. That is good. What do you like to do when it happens? Well, I try to you keep cool a voice down? really low, like, and not get righteous. Uh, I hate when people on stage get uh, really righteous about something because you can't even see what happened. You know, you don't know, like, maybe that guy had a really good reason to start punching that other guy in the head or yeah. or whatever. I feel like it's that thing where, like, somebody stops a fight and the guy, like, the front man is always like, this is a sit, you know, that yeah. bullshit. Yeah, and, like, yeah, and then yeah, everybody cheers. <laughs> but if that guy said, like, this, the opposite, if he was like, yeah, man, you, that's not right. You gotta fight for your shit here. You gotta come, you know, I feel like yeah. people would just cheer anyway. <laughs> yeah, like, I don't, right. It's just, like, anyway. rallying the crowd. Yeah, that's right. kind of bullshit, right? You're like, everybody, let's go! Yeah. <laughs> you're starting to do this shit, you're like, don't fight! Yeah, yeah, right. you know? It's like getting them all worked up. Yeah, I just think of the kids I knew from back that, just get drunk and get a little carried away you know mm-hmm. get excited just go cool off drink some water it is yeah. true i it was like i guess back in the day like seeing someone get punched in the face it was almost like there's like a sport to it you know there was something <laughs> going on there i think yeah. often there was even a camaraderie yeah definitely. you know in the end i would be more scared now that someone's yeah. gonna like go to their car and come back get something horrible yeah, yeah. you know yeah mm-hmm. jonah you a uh, gun owner <laughs> no, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not you never know. I mean, I don't know. I don't know about you and your secret secret life. No, just like a lot of yoga, a lot of bar rescue. Yeah, you know, the great, opposite of great show. Um, what did, did you guys grow up with any of that stuff? Like, you know, out in. I mean, oh, you like know, my, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. how yoga that must have been. A, yoga? Yoga. No, <laughs> I, was like, no. I remember the first time I learned about yoga. It was Augusta Koch. <laughs> the uh, plays in Kaitana was like yeah. this thing yoga. <laughs> yeah, it's like oh that's cool. Wait, like, shoot that Scranton. Yeah. Yeah. I immediately went and got my gun. <laughs> I was really nervous about it. Yeah, but yeah, there must be like a lot, a lot of gun culture up oh, there. Yeah, from, specifically right? right outside of Scranton, there's a lot of like hunting is a big part of culture. I had a yeah. lot of um, some family members that hunted mm-hmm. and some that bow hunted and Boy Scouts who learned to shoot when we were really young. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, people had guns and gun cabinets in their house. You'd just be like hanging out and be in the it was very normal, living yeah. room or something. Yeah, yeah. Very like common thing. But, Has it made you ever want to get one or have one? It or made I, me think about if should I have one or not or do I want one? I've definitely thought. I mean, in the end, the answer is no. I don't feel like I want one. But um, Why yeah, is it was answer around. no? For me? For you. Yeah. Uh, I just... I don't know. I don't think that I need it. <laughs> like, you know, I don't need a gun. Like some people are like, I need a gun under my bed. Yeah. Like if you live in fucking, you know, I don't know. I'm good. I think I'm all right. Yeah. I don't know. Take your chances. I'll take my chances. Yeah. I just think it it escalates things in a certain way too. I don't know. I, I'm, I don't know where I stand on it to be, yeah. to be honest. I just don't, I don't feel the need to have one. Have you ever read like Nazi threads on Twitter? No. Cause I always want one after that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know? Where I'm like, oh, wow, I am actually in, like, immediate danger. Yeah. yeah. You know? Like, th- you ever think about it, Tom? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, th- I enjoy shooting a lot. I like to go with my brother-in-law. Um, I really like shooting vintage um, weapons from World War II. It's pretty cool. Like, uh, some of the Soviet SKS and uh, AK-47s, stuff like that. Never shot an automatic gun before. Um, imagine that'd be interesting. But it's, uh, I think it... Kind of without like getting into some kind of you know like get myself in trouble talking about how I enjoy shooting guns. I don't you know people react on the internet, but uh, what the fuck is the internet? It's this <laughs> place where <laughs> anonymity is full of growing pains. I think right now oh, okay. people kind of get carried away. I've heard. I think I'm gonna log on. That's what you say. Yeah, you log yeah, on. I think I'm gonna log in, on. Can dial you? up. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's great. But I mean. I'm asking these these questions because I've been considering it myself mm-hmm. yeah, for totally. a while. And now, like, the idea that, uh, like, I would need to protect, like, like a family or something like that. Yeah, that's – I think know? that's the only time it kind of – But are you actually protecting them? Statistically, apparently, I'm not. Mm-hmm. By even just bringing it around. Yeah, it gets, I think it gets hairy with that because, you know, if you – Having a gun in the household, I mean, it just seems like a redundant idea, but having a gun in your household greatly reduces the uh, chances of 
being involved in a gun accident or a gun crime, you know, like, cause there's a gun in the house. Yeah. Well, I think get like shot, obviously. but if yeah. I had a family, I would certainly, uh, have a firearm in the house. I think. Yeah. Uh, especially because of the fact that we haven't really experienced a giant societal meltdown on the level of other civilizations in the past. Yeah. And not that I'm like anticipating that or think that we're coming close to some type of apocalyptic scenario. I think it'd be silly to think that that wouldn't happen very quickly, especially after things yeah. like, um, was it Hurricane Andrew in the 90s when things kind of got pretty fucked sure. up in the South and uh, the L.A. riots and Koreatown and things like that? I think that people will behave um, horribly and tribally very quickly. And yeah, be I think that's true. And that. I always think about that and I'm always like, I'm in, I'm in the worst spot to be. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, they're coming oh, yeah. out. Yeah, Lambs. I'm in a bad spot. You're a lamb. Yeah. Where you are. Yeah. No, I wonder yeah. that too. But then I, my, my, basically my philosophical question inside of that is the idea that I'm, you know, um, primed for some uh, collapse or my society is, or people are this bad and they're bloodthirsty. Like it's kind of antithetical to like everything I've ever believed in and everything I'm like trying to believe in. And everything, like, I want the way to things be. So it's, like, this, like, fight of, like, you know, realism versus idealism. Like, if I actually believe in this stuff, like a proper righteous motherfucker, and I don't think you should have this stuff, and I don't think anyone should have this stuff, then I shouldn't fall prey to, like, fear tactics. You know what I mean? I think, like, the conservative side does, like, want to poke the other they want everyone to think we're like in danger oh totally. that's I think why that's I, if you watch fox news for five minutes like four minutes of it's about shootings in chicago yeah because they want them to be armed yeah and i think currently they want us to think that fucking nazis are like basically on the doorstep of every city mm-hmm. and stuff like that totally i think that there's components there of like the fact that those kind of sensational things get people to watch tv you know it gets you more ratings gets you more ad revenue and uh, another thing being that the gun manufacturers, you know, the people who are paying for the NRA, want you to buy more guns. So there's, right. I mean, there's a, a, an extreme um, lobby to get you to purchase guns. There's like uh, that's why I always had a problem with, not a problem with, but I think that we don't focus on it enough in regards to um, the problems with the NRA. Is that people are like, yeah, they really want people to have, they want to put guns everywhere. In reality, I think that they're just a mouthpiece for the manufacturers to sell yeah. guns. There are so many fucking guns, and they're so expensive, and it's like such a massive industry that uh, you're just stoking people's fear and getting them to spend. I mean, guns aren't mm-hmm. cheap. You need a new, no. yeah. and you know, a new pistol is going to cost you like six hundred bucks. You know, it's like not. Yeah, and then it doesn't these days. Don't they have all like a bunch of like cute dressings and stuff for them, like like. Cabbage Patch Kids, put like different outfits on them, scopes. Yeah, I mean, imagine you can do. Yeah, yeah, you can totally like modify them to just be like cool for you and stuff. I was listening to a phone case. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like kick drum, jeweled rifle. You think I could get like a uh, like a Black Panther AR-15? Someone has one now. Sure, that someone machine one or three D printed a casing for it. Say hello to Wakanda. (laughs) Did you see that Black Panther? Yeah, it was the first movie I've seen in three years in the movies. Wow, three years. Yeah, the last one I saw was was uh, right when my first kid was born, and I I got out to try and see Star Wars, and it was sold out, and I had to see Krampus. Oh right, right. That was about three years ago. And then, yeah, I, I just see that. last week <laughs> saw the Black Panther. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's Krampus. You, you know what? <laughs> Surprisingly okay. okay. And like okay. really dark. Like everyone died. It didn't go the way I thought it wow. was going to go. Is it like, about, oh. it's about, it's about the German Santa Claus oh, yeah. that eats you if you're bad? Yeah, it's or like some old German grandma like is living in the house and something she did as a kid like cursed her whole family Shit. for Krampus to come <laughs> oh, back. God. And he basically came back and like, yeah, murdered the whole family. Yeah, uh-huh. I think that's why it wasn't coming. too Sounds like they had it coming. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. My don't punk, don't poke the bear. <laughs> yeah, <right>? I mean, <laughs> he's a fucked up guy. Wait, I wanted to talk about you guys playing ska parts and why you don't anymore. <laughs> Good question. <laughs> oh man, like what was just. That was like Probably the same reason I don't wear corduroys. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's like which is what? Yeah, yeah. Uh, what? <laughs> that's a good question. I'm going deeper on it. I don't know. 
grew out of them, I guess. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, we came from a ska band, and I think that a lot of it had to do with the, the, all the skanking, you know? Because it was like a fun thing to do in high school, and we'd go and dance. Uh, I will on record say show. I never skanked. And you guys I've used to try to, you try to get... Oh, well, we just to, no. You're right, we just to try to get you to do it all the time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's on I wax do it. now. Yeah. Never tried, at least? I mean, I probably tried, tried, but I didn't do it, like, yeah. willingly. <laughs> Why? You were going I to ska it. shows and you wouldn't skank? No, I didn't skank. Kind of I, was, I, was really self, that, I was self-conscious about my skanking abilities. We had friends that were very uh, good skankers. Just really I was solid. Like, yeah, I can't yeah. compete with Did that. Did you guys wear flat caps? Tom did. Oh, uh, yeah, I wore Jimmy, Jimmy Cat. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Suspenders? No. Oh, come Never on. Never got into that? <laughs> no, that's now. like more of like a skin, like the skinhead ska thing. Not skinhead, but like Rude Boy. Mm. That kind of thing. Trojan box set. So uh, what was like yeah. your guys' influence in that world? Uh, we really liked leftover crack and choking victim. We really liked like ska lot. punk, yeah, like, right, right, like right. that, yeah, like uh, suicide like machines Folly. and f- yeah, yeah, that kind of shit. Right, um, that was more our shit. Yeah, and, I mean, and then throw like some second wave there, yeah, stuff, but, like specials. The Slackers were always a, a really great band to go see. Every time they came to Wilkesbury, we'd just yeah. go see them. Do you still They're listen to stuff like it. that? I listen to Slackers all the time and yeah. specials. Yeah, yeah. do you ever bands. like miss? I know, like obviously, it would sound pretty bizarre tossing into a Menzinger song these days, but. Like, do you ever miss like playing that stuff? Uh, yeah. There's a there's, our friends do a Christmas show every December, the Guild Holiday Party, and all a bunch of bands from Philly that are friends with do cover bands. Jody just saves a day yeah. with nice. Greg and yeah, some other yeah, people. And I always years. wanted to do a specials cover set. I think well, so Tom, fun. you're holding back. You did an amazing oh, one. I forgot about where that. they hit Tom. It was in a band with some friends, and they started out playing Operation Ivy songs, and then on stage broke up. And then Tom came, he left the stage yeah. as Tim Armstrong, right? Yeah. And then you came. No, he left as Jesse Michaels. Jesse Michaels. He, and you were like, he was like, fuck this, I'm not, I'm not quitting this band, like mid-song. And then came back as. And then I came out as Lars Redson. Lars Redson and then played Rancid. On my head. So they yeah. broke up and then great. formed Rancid on stage. <laughs> and we played Time Bomb with some Lars Goss songs. So yeah, that was, that was fun. It was That's amazing. Awesome. That's still one of the funniest things I think I've ever seen. Um, in Scranton, like, um, when you guys were coming up, what was the venue or the venues? We would, uh, I used to book at a lot of different, uh, fire halls and VFWs until they would they'd do two or three shows and they'd be like, all right, yeah, people enough. phone chairs. You can't do this anymore. Right. Uh, there was a place called Cafe del Sol, which was right by the university, um, in the hill section. And that was a small cafe that did punk and hardcore shows on the weekends. And uh, that was like the first place I started seeing it. And then there was a skate park called Sessions, and the uh, there was an American Nightmare show. And then that <laughs> night, people came and broke in and stole everything. So then they had to close. Yeah, and they had a good run. Close the whole establishment. Yeah, yeah, they, they like, like ran out of cash. Oh shit, that's not cool. But he was also, you know, there was also some more stuff going on. He came after our old bass player. Remember when he hit him with a baseball bat because he thought yeah. that he knew who. Robbed him. There, yeah, it was like apparently. <laughs> wow. I don't. I don't remember. Yeah, the whole it was all kinds of mess. Yeah. Wait, what happened there? there? So, so <laughs> someone, <laughs> so someone robbed this venue. So anyway, someone got hit with a baseball bat. <laughs> yeah, Next question. So yeah, you kind of glossed past that. <laughs> yeah. So the owner of this place thought your old bass player knew something. Knew. Why something, would he yeah. think that? Because he, he did. did. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah. Good call. Yeah. Did the baseball bat work? Did he say anything? No, I don't think. I don't know. He held true even after a batting. Yeah, I think. So wow. that's strong. That's yeah. strong. I remember going to this <laughs> Wilkesbury Fest. Oh, yeah. Posse Numbers Fest. I, I, yeah. f- maybe it was Posse Numbers. I remember seeing like Chamberlain. This was like oh. early two thousands. That was yeah, because Posse that was like a hardcore. I fest. think this was like yeah. I don't think what yeah, this was like maybe pre. This was more emo. Yeah, ah, okay. Like I played it once in the late nineties. Yeah, this and was almost m- got into a fight with the Juliana Theory. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> They're they fighters. Play there all the time. <laughs> they sound like fighters to me. <laughs> no, they were not. They yeah. were. In, they were not. It was a one-sided fight. Yeah. So many got to mention that most of the places that we would go see shows were in Wilkesbury. Which yeah, is, yeah, Wilkesbury okay. was. They had the longer-running venues, like Scranton's venues, would pop up here and there. You know, even a couple years at a time, some like sessions, but. Wilkesbury had the longer Cafe Metropolis and and Homebase were like the two long-running like punk and hardcore venues and. So, yeah, that was like one would pop up in Scranton. We'd try to keep it alive for a little bit or book a show at a fire hall, whatever. But that was always a consistent place to play. Yeah. And that's where we would always get shows sure. to like get offers to open for. We played a great show together at Cafe Metropolis. Did. Yeah. Holy it shit. was cool. In the early stages was this Gaslight? of Menzingers and Gas, mm-hmm. we both came up at like the same exact time. Yeah. And 
they they had us come play in Wilkesbury Cafe Metropolis, and I asked them to come play at this place called the Loft in New Brunswick, which yeah. is just this like crazy apartment loft skate spot that a bunch of people lived in. We did shows. Yeah, we played as Ricky Bobby in the Talladega Nights. <laughs> <laughs> I remember the floor at that place, like oh, kind of yeah. being a little bouncy. It was like Fucked the second up. floor. The place was crazy. It was like it was it was in the back of this industrial complex, and on the bottom floor was all these like garages and chop shops that literally had like junkyard dogs during the day, <laughs> like scary ass, like pit bulls, like sitting down there. And then you loaded up just the most rickety, like wooden uh, staircase upstairs into their apartment, loading amps and shit on that yeah. was like not cool. It was uh, a trip of a place. Yeah, but that show was awesome. I remember getting cool pizza show. around the corner from that yeah. place, some pizza place. And Eric that. told me a story last night that he had to like shit really bad when he was there <laughs> and like ran out the front door three blocks away. I'm like, where the fuck did you run yeah. in that part of New Brunswick that actually let you shit? Yeah. Like, I, I couldn't even. Who knows? I actually vaguely remember that, I think. Yeah. yeah. It's not a good place to have to do that at all. Definitely not. Um, I heard Eric's been getting a lot of ribbing for uh, moving to New Jersey. <laughs> Why would we make fun of somebody for moving to New Jersey? Well, well, yeah, Jonah is, can maybe talk about this. Because Jonah is under the impression that, like, that we don't eat food after 8.30 at night. I, I was out um, and I was, with, I was with Benny and Phil in uh, Jersey City. How did this happen? And I was like, and Benny was like, we should get dinner. I was like, oh, should, is stuff open are, this are there late? Still places. To- <laughs> it, was like eight, uh, it was like eight o'clock. I was like, we should probably get moving stuff. And Benny was like, no, this is like a real like you know, this is like a place. Like, yeah, we American eat, city. We like eat food at night. You know, <laughs> <laughs> like, like, we do everything like you guys. You know? I just yeah, hey, I know, I'm from Cleveland. Like everything closes early there. I don't know. It was just, honestly the the where where it was coming from wasn't your Cleveland. It was. Your Brooklyn. That's fair. That's fair. That's true. It's coming from a. That's true. It was snooty. Okay. It was very snooty. So Eric's been. I mean, let's be real. Tom, don't be so tongue in cheek. Well, no. It's the backstory. Eric. Yeah. Eric moved to. He moved out of Philly like almost a year ago to Jersey City. Yeah. Um. And we. Yeah. We give him a little shit for it. Just because. I mean, only. Well, for a couple of reasons. We love Jersey, but. It's funny. No, you got, you it's were, funny that you moved to Jersey. You're like, what yeah, the hell? Well, we always, uh, you're holding back I'm for my to think sake? Of like, Do you guys want me to step out? Because <laughs> no, Jonah will go on about Jersey for like 50 minutes. Because you guys have two more shows in Jersey this week? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just trying to think of a good enough reason for me to, to, to make fun of New Jersey and kind of like don't have one. Well, I mean, growing up in Scranton, it wasn't Jersey wasn't really like on our radar as so much. But then when we moved to Philly, everybody's like, sure. man, fucking Jersey, right? Yeah, Fuck that yeah. place. I think it's because like, people really? come into party bad? downtown and like, you know, get in fights on South Street and yeah. act like maniacs and then go back to New Jersey. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, sure. Go back to New Jersey. People from New Jersey who are fucking up Philly, guys. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm sure or, that's the case. Sports, sports is a big thing because people it's like... It's not everyone from Nazareth <laughs> yeah. coming into town. It's everyone from Jersey. Yeah. Yeah. I, th- I think oh, it's man, a sport. I think it's like the Eagles thing in the Phillies yeah, because you have sure. a lot of South Philly or South Jersey um, Eagles and Phillies fans or whatever. So people are like, you don't even live in Pennsylvania, you know, <laughs> oh, but you're like right. five minutes away, probably closer that there than you are in North Philly. You know, well, I mean, you have no choice in New Jersey. You either have to choose a Pennsylvania team or a New York. Yeah. team. We, we don't have one. Yeah. <laughs> I think <laughs> it's because people from New Jersey are, are really uh, take a lot of pride in being from New Jersey too. Yeah. Almost. So, you know, like, yeah, so. so you kind of want to like bust them back though. Yeah. You know? Well, we, kinda, we do the same. Th- this is crazy. where it's, it's like this cyclical, Thing that happens because we're not like proud to be from New Jersey. It's it's all defensive. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's like it's like when you've been attacked this long, yeah. you're just like, yeah, fuck you. This is where I'm from. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. How I, all I, of a I sudden, like that. liberals have you know have the big balls now in the last year. <laughs> yeah. Now they've been attacked and like they're like, oh, we actually have to <laughs> fight for something yeah. crazy. I think yeah. we the main reason we busted his ass because we lived in Philly for like t- almost ten years now and we're from Scranton two hours north. It's like you know all very Pennsylvania. In like, yeah. and so we're like, in really do you move to Jersey? Years, like, why? So how old is everyone in Menzingers? Uh, bust out some ages. I'm thirty two. I'm the oldest. Thirty one. Eric's thirty one, and Greg is twenty nine. So you guys are about hundred and twenty years old. Is Eric? <laughs> Didn't think of it that way. The only one who's ever lived out of Pennsylvania. No, Greg's well, Greg, dad is from Long Island. Yeah, well, Greg so, was born in Cincinnati. Yeah, he was oh, born in Cincinnati. Yeah. Greg's not even real. He's no. not even real. We should but have can said you that. say Scranton for me? Scranton. 
Uh, you, Scranton. You held back. I Scranton. say Scranton. Yeah. I do the T. To overcompensate for saying Scranton my whole life. I didn't know it was such a thing outside of the area that people knew. Because so many people say that. They're like, how do you say it? Oh, you yeah. say the T. You I'm just like, enunciate well, yeah, like, your T's. And, yeah. and out well, it's because here, we, we grew up not even... doing it. And then you no. overcompensated because so many people were like, what? Yeah. Yeah. What? 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 <laughs> uh, Benny Where are you from? <laughs> Benny yeah. mentioned something earlier about us talking about aliens. Yeah, uh, anytime. Which is something I love talking I mean, about. Awesome. Now too. I yeah. recently, uh, well, not recently. Last year, I interviewed Tom DeLonge about aliens. Sick. And, and he's kind of like the alien master now. I mean, yeah. he's the gap. He bridges the gap between the alternative. Yeah. And the alien. Do you think he's you, actually? You has he actually communicated? You think, Tom? He, he, I don't know. I, uh, you know, I think that truth is stranger than fiction, and like some of that shit that he's saying might be like, who knows? How would it? How would disclosure happen? Would it be through? A guy from a pop punk band that was huge, and you know the night, yeah. Like I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, I mean, there's a stake salesman as a fucking years. president. I don't. <laughs> yeah. you know, like, what's who knows? Yeah, yeah. Know. I mean, I think anything that will wrong. like for our generation to be to have that kind of like speaker for it, like you, that's important. You know, it's like yeah. that's awesome. Do I you think. think we'll have contact with aliens during our lifetime? I don't know. Um, I don't know. I, I, I think that we may already have it. Um, yeah. But I think as far as like publicly accepted, open um, disclosure, acknowledged by all kinds of you know the, all of the institutions that we would want to be recognizing it. Uh, I don't know. Maybe I think that we will discover some type of um, microorganism or something as space exploration in our solar system gets more uh, advanced, especially on like some of the the water on like Phobos. Uh, or in Mars itself or something like that. I think that would be really likely to happen. I I got to be honest about something. I, I mean, We're the a, only ones. Is that what you think? <laughs> 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 we might be the only ones. Um, like, I enjoy alien stuff. Movies, Independence Day, you know, the fire in the sky where D.B. Sweeney got the fucking mm-hmm. shit Those stuck loggers, in his eye. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like, that stuff is fun. And then, you know, I watch Ancient Aliens sometimes. In the brief research I was doing for this interview, I kind of don't believe in aliens anymore. (laughs) Within, like, 15 minutes of, like, looking into, like, all this shit that kind of... Well, at least I, I don't think I believe in UFOs at all. Now, like, tell me this. Why before, like, 1947 were there, like, basically no sightings of ufos well like like why it seems so obvious that the connection between like advances in you know aviation and you know just commercial air technology led to people just all of a sudden seeing some crazy shit that for sure someone didn't want someone to know about and maybe they were into the fact that people thought it was aliens because it caught them off their own scent. Yeah. And then, and then, like you know, the Air Force was in '97, basically completely like debunked what happened at Roswell, and and you know released so much information that kind of backs it up. Like I was like, I don't know, I'm skeptical. Yeah, yeah. I think it's really difficult to put uh, to uh, attribute any type of motivation or. Um reasoning behind the motivations of an extraterrestrial race because i think it's so far away from something that we can understand that as humans and as the way that we do things politically and socially from the way that we evolved here eh, we would put motivations onto it like uh, well people say what are they observing us or like what's the thing is like i don't know who fuck has any clue what they could possibly be doing but as far as the advent of all the ufo settings in the 1940s i think it could have something to do with the advent of nuclear um, weapons and how close we came, or how close we still are, as opposed to completely destroying uh, ourselves and the planet. And I don't know if they have some kind of motivation. And I say they, it's, you know, uh, some kind of motivation to stop that from happening or to, uh, uh, you know, kind of s- take it a little bit more seriously. Like I think that one of the things that someone said is like the kids found the matches, so you have to like watch them now. Like, um, right, to get close to just completely destroying yeah and in that and wouldn't you say isn't there a popular theory that like they're observing us like they could be in any form but like they don't think we're ready to like really reveal themselves to us based on like how we're living yeah that's like we're not evolved enough totally like like, they may even just be us at a different stage of consciousness exactly might be conscious beings that haven't 
moved from this physical plane, you know, that's would explain why some of their behavior is to just appear and disappear. Um, well, like I mean, we would be I, but, like ants compared to. But, but, uh, but uh, in that uh, logic, are they are they our creators? In that logic, no idea. I maybe I, maybe I think it's more like you know, like if we don't destroy ourselves, like look look what like humans would see of us like two thousand years ago, based if they came here, like we would seem like aliens. Like tunic, we would look the same. But like, mm-hmm. imagine like what we'll look like in like a hundred thousand years if we don't blow up our planet. Right. Like I think it's just a different stage of like technology and like evolution. Totally. I feel like if someone's like watching from a distance and like didn't see a bunch of stuff they didn't like, they'd be like a lot quicker to just kind of set the reset button here, you know? Yeah. Like That's in- the coming back to like the whole uh, ascribing motivation to them. You know, it's like, well, who fucking? I don't know. I, I like the theory or the idea that maybe our. Um, the relationship that consciousness has to energy and matter is not fully understood by us yet. It might be more anchored in uh, something that is quantifiable in the future, you know, like an actual scientific um, connection. And then maybe that will start to explain more of the um, esoteric things that we that people seem to come to conclusions with at all the religions uh, at the same time around the world and things like that. Yeah. All that weird shit. I sometimes, I mean, I wonder, I, I almost feel like the answer is going to come from the inside, not space. You know totally. what I mean? Like we've only gone what two miles under us, and that's it. Like we we have like ninety eight percent of Earth unexplored. We Crazy. haven't even the oceans as well. <laughs> Damn, there's some wild stuff down there. Definitely. You see James sure. Cameron riding them submarines like three miles deep into the water. Nuts. He's so cool. Yeah, man. man. I just think of the cool stuff that I would do with money <laughs> if I had like James Cameron money mm-hmm. oh, and definitely. like building like the best submarine ever made to go mm-hmm. the deepest into the water ever. Because you wanted to find the Titanic, just make a movie about it. Great way to spend your money. <laughs> so you know? awesome. Yeah. So cool. What would you do if you had like James Cameron money? Oh man. And we're not talking- going to submarine under the fucking water. That's for sure. <laughs> no. I hate that. That prospect's awful. I guess, uh, well, I definitely don't have the facilities to do anything like Elon Musk does, but that would be my dream to be like, really just kind of get people interested in uh, space. Privatize. Well, I think James Cameron might have close to like Elon Musk money. He might. So you you could maybe like start your own competing Tesla. That's true. Mm -hmm. What would you call it? Oh, man. Tomsla. Yeah. <laughs> <Tom> <laughs> <Tom> <laughs> <Slow>. <laughs> we gotta think that we gotta storyboard that one yeah. that. Hey, you gotta start somewhere. Like Joe, what about you? Yeah, what's what your you? what's your Cameron oh, reality? By That's the Sixers? By the six, yeah. <laughs> by Trust it. the Joe process. Yeah. I would just buy myself onto the team. I like that. That'd be terrifying. Basketball is never my sport. I was again way too timid of a person to play. Like baseball, you you, you hit it and you run, whatever. Basketball, you got to be up in someone's shit. Like you got to <laughs> yeah. be like pushing people, kind of getting a little physical. It's not like, for you. Oh, I was not that kind of. So <laughs> if, I'd buy onto the Phillies. <laughs> That's. I, I never mean. took you as timid. Really, he's nice. I don't know. Yeah, yeah but sometimes I mean, you even wear like sunglasses inside. I might like that. You know. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll, all right, yeah, I'm down with that. It's fine. Man, I'll never forget that one time we were with the Bouncing Souls and we did that first tour with them, and some kid, like real cool looking kid, walked by with sunglasses on inside. And Brian Keelan looked over at him, and goes, "Your future's not that bright, kid." <laughs> <laughs> it's like, like, holy damn. shit, these guys got are him. Like, oh, fuck, he got him. Yeah. Oh man, that's good. Yeah, he's not playing that shit. No. no. I just heard a great story about so my uh, my wife's uncle. It's like an old school punk rocker hippie. He like he was a hippie in the late sixties, and I was at the, he's a they restore cars for a living. And I'm at the shop, and this guy comes. And he's like, "Oh, you gonna meet this guy? Me and him saw the Ramones at the Stone Pony in 1975." I'm like, "Holy shit, this is cool!" And he's like, he's he's explaining what this guy said to him. He's like, "I got a call." From this guy and he said listen we gotta go see this band every song sounds the same but they all kick fucking ass <laughs> <laughs> and that was the description of them going to see the ramones yeah. oh, awesome. five at the pony man how cool that is pretty that is cool. so fucking cool i wonder like and it just got me thinking of like what what would be like 
the like venue and era and band like if i could just choose like that great moment in time of like the perfect band and which one i'd want to go see you know i mean clash that happened sure. right back to the clash, yeah. clash. but like sure. what era and like where like shea uh, stadium or like before no, that? No. before like in some like shitty british town in yeah. the north yeah uh in like, like i don't want to see them when they suck like i want to see them they when have they have all good. the songs <laughs> you wanted to hear by then no but if i had to narrow yeah. it down and pick one i guess i'd yeah. pick that one yeah like i think a lot of people their first thing to jump to is like i want to see them before like yeah like like you said but yeah which I which I I do back, but I want to see. Yeah, I guess like you said too. Like I want to see the the song. Like they didn't write those songs. Yeah, yeah, Maybe one of the Clash on Broadway shows. Uh, so like a dozen of those or something. Is that that yeah. could be cool. Yeah. Or like we we used to have that poster in our house. Remember, it was the Clash at like some uh, Glasgow O2 some shit like it was a picture of them backstage oh yeah but like not like the biggest place like thousand people yeah you know something like that like if you're familiar with philly like union transfer size like right right, right. or uh webster hall like i think that would be like a good size because they're big but it's still somewhat intimate you know yeah i think it would be a good era (laughs) john what would be yours (sighs) i don't know you know i was thinking about it a little bit yeah i think uh i think maybe guns and roses like, like oh in like LA. appetite like la strip yes. like Man, that, that record cool. like that original be, yeah, lineup that'd be pretty bad i think that would be pretty good yeah, yeah. that'd be badass if not just with the for the crowd yeah the yeah. crowd would Wild. be incredible <laughs> i want to be at the social distortion roxy show that they have the live album for oh my That's God. A, i just think of the roxy when you said that. i want to be there i just picture when you talk about the guns and roses show i just picture the beginning of airheads <laughs> like it's someone who just looks like Brendan Fraser yeah. on a motorcycle just pulling up. Well, I would have been too. My mom took me to see them on the Illusion tour in '91, but I was like 12. Hell yeah, that was my one of my first shows. But yeah, I think the Appetite tour. If I was older, I wouldn't want to go when I was 12. I want to go no, when I was yeah, like yeah. 21, yeah. like old enough to drink but still super young, old enough yeah. to yeah. decide whether you want to do some cocaine. Or not. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Where it's just not off the table. Yeah. yeah. What about you, Benny? <sighs> I don't know. I go back. It like right off the top, I could come up with like dozens, but I definitely think of like a, a really early Zeppelin gig. Yeah, like like yeah. in England, you know, mm-hmm. at one of the smaller places because they did have those. But again, it's where like that's not all my favorite songs, right? You know. But then I um, I think about Nirvana was like still small when Nevermind came out for like a while. That's true. Mm-hmm. So like. Uh. So I could have a chance to see like Nirvana played like the Court Tavern and like weird places like that. Yeah, we played JC a place, in, yeah, and JC we played Dubs. a place in Seattle that was really small, like in two thousand eight or some shit that they used to play. Uh, the Set Satyricon is that a place? That's in Seattle. Yeah, I think it was yeah. there. I don't want to like misquote this, but yeah, I think it was there. But same deal, like small. Something like that would be cool because yeah. yeah, that would be, be super intimate, and then I could hear all the songs I want. Yeah, but then and then I I don't know, but maybe seeing like 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 Nas in like the early nineties in the city somewhere, like, or like Biggie in the city somewhere, like mm-hmm. way early on it's Biggie's anniversary today. And someone, Isn't it really? Lizzie Goodman just retweeted, uh, Biggie just spitting like when he was 17 on the street in Brooklyn. It's just so good. So, awesome. so I'd love to see something like that. Yeah, that would be cool. I mean, Brad doesn't have a mic, but I'm assuming replacements. Yeah, Brad, where is yours? Oh, replacements, Minneapolis. Okay. Yeah. I would go, no, I'd go old school. I'd go either the 72 Stones tour okay. or front table at the fucking, at like Sinatra. Oh, that's yeah, fun. Yeah, yeah. That's wow. Cool. go way back. That'd I like awesome. that. Yeah. I saw the Clash and I saw Nirvana in like a venue the size of Right, you actually did that cool shit. Yeah. 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 I just like to remember the shows that I was at. Mm-hmm. I like the idea of oh, that's kind of fun. Like like a Henry Hill Goodfellas scenario where yeah. like <laughs> they actually bring out a table for you. Yeah, and you walk through the back kitchen. Like Garwood, like playing yeah, at Garwood. Like playing like. Garwood. <laughs> Walk through the back kitchen. <laughs> I feel fucking so bad at that place. Yeah, there's where like is a, this? Where is this? So place? it's Crossroads. Crossroads. Okay. This venue in Garwood that Andy Diamond's doing shows at, and it's a really cool place. And the guy who owns it's great. But like to get from the backstage area to the stage, you got to go through the kitchen, 
and it's not cool like Goodfellas. Like it's actual <laughs> dudes like working yeah. back there, like hard. You yeah, know what I mean? It's not the like, prep part of the kitchen. It's the, okay. it's the two feet. Well, I guess three feet wide part where the fryer and grill is. The table maybe it's good. Like, would, you, maybe, would you prefer that versus walking through the crowd like oh, St. Vitus? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah loading sure. as Moving this is where drummers yeah. can talk right now. <laughs> like loading, like stands with symbols on them through a crowd, fucking sucks. Yeah, like you either have a choice to like say excuse me forty five times a trip, or just be an asshole mm-hmm. and start poking people's legs. Yeah, <laughs> which I usually just eventually I just I go with. Yeah, I, some girl I did that. Some girl last night. I was trying to load off. And she's sitting there just having a chat. I'm like, excuse me. Made zero effort. Saw me. Excuse me. And I kind of nudged through. I'm like, good effort. Thanks. You, really you know what? That would sound a little shitty right now. But you're dragging things through the state, through the crowd, and they're there to see your band. Wouldn't they be like, just, yeah. Hey, you're cool. <laughs> like, I'm like, I'm going to see your band. Like, yeah, move. It's not like this, like, stink face. Or it's like, when I'm on yeah. stage, you're not giving me that stink face. You well, know? Why the fuck is it ever their instinct to just help? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Why yeah. is it you never an instinct to just be like, yeah, we could get him on stage in four seconds if six of us just grab a stand? Yeah. yeah. Right? Like, what's the like the system, like the bucket system? Like, yeah. You know what? You like, know, like, putting like, fire up? Yeah, 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 like yeah, yeah. the Eli Whitney of loading drums. <laughs> like, you know, <laughs> Do you want a bunch of strangers that are, like, handling your drums? Like No. Probably not. Yeah, that's, <laughs> probably that's a good not. point. Yeah. yeah some, some drive, oh, I'll help, dude. And yeah, then, yeah, yeah. Like, this, all of a sudden, his symbols in the front of, like, cutting through an amp. Yeah. And, He's yeah. usually holding a beer, so you'd only have one hand anyway. You that's know? true. <laughs> yeah, I didn't think this through. Yeah. In theory, it's. I don't know. But it is annoying. It is. I mean, I, I was thinking that yesterday. I go to my drum space yesterday to set up for the show. And I'm like, Jesus Christ, I have to break this down right now, put it all in shit. Put it in a van, drive literally like, I don't know, 20 minutes. Yeah. Just take it all out. Totally. Put it on, back down, back in the van, have to convince Jared to leave. And thanks for that, Tom. Yeah. You're no you weren't helping there. <laughs> the, the Jared, who sings for my band right now, is 27. You know what I mean? He's got two German Shepherds, no kids. It's just, you know, he'll go all night. Yeah. But we, got, we take the van together, you know? Right. With different lifestyles these days. <laughs> How long does it take you from like drums in cases to like fully set up hardware ready to go? Where am I? Yeah. Like uh, how much space do I have? How much? How much yeah. time do I need to do it? Yeah. If I need to do it, I can yeah. do it in like ten minutes. Like, ten. Sure. What's the fastest yeah. you yeah. could do it? Oh, yeah, five minutes. Yeah, if you need to. Yeah, but if, if you're you taking it. your time, fucking around. Nah, who cares? Yeah. yeah. I'm not. I'm not breaking my back. Yeah. I like that. You like. I used to like always attack a drum set. I was like, all right, set up a drum set. Now I'm like, I'm like a turtle, man. Just grab this piece. Yeah. Sip a drink. Check a phone. <laughs> well, me and Jonah are, are, are practicing not looking at our phones as much. Nice. We, yeah. we downloaded an app where you press a button and you grow a tree. Yeah. Um, you know about this one, Joe? Uh, I've heard. Yeah. yeah, you've heard. <laughs> I've heard. And, um, and then eventually you grow a forest when you... Wow. And if you check your phone, you kill this tree. Yeah, and your tree dies <sighs> if you check your phone. <laughs> Jonah turned me on to it, and I, I gave him a friend request about like four or five <laughs> days said, ago. Benny, <laughs> I said, Benny, add me as your friend. We can have some accountability. And then yeah. just <laughs> send never. Me, even, he sent me his <laughs> email. You know how many fucking times I've emailed... You sent me your email address. <laughs> well, because I thought I have a couple different emails, and I have a specific one linked with this app, so I want to make sure we're on the same page. And guess what's going on with my friend request? <laughs> it's uh, in limbo. It's, it's in limbo. It's never, yeah. never been answered. Yeah. And I already like don't want to play in trees Just a little anymore. leaf hanging <laughs> off of that tree. That's yeah. what that friend request Benny, is. Benny, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's, it's been a, you know, I forgot. Whatever, dude. I'll be your friend down there if you want If you want to try it. Have I'll you done it? it? No, I used Will one, though, in? that uh, you grew a, a different plant f- with uh, every glass of water that you drank. Oh, Ooh. interesting. And I That's drank three or four times as much water as I usually really? do. Really? That That's what I've been, I've been need to drink more water. Yeah. I'm bad about that. I had one that was yeah. a water thing where, like, you shake it and the water moves and, like, as if your phone's a bottle of water. So the water, like, moves and, like waves around like as you move your phone and it would fill the more you drank nice. it was kind of cool because you could fun. see it yeah you could see the water i feel like do you still like i feel like i always get those apps and get really into them for like a week and then never yeah. use them again mm-hmm. yeah that's what that one was yeah. i did and i kept track but i lost i it. killed a plant and then i didn't go back 
Yeah, I had, a, I had a whole garden full of plants though before. It's great. Yeah, yeah, and I did feel like a weird attachment to this non, you know, sentient Dude, computer program thing. I have the same thing. problem, man. <laughs> I do. I what can't is feel that? bad. What is that? Well, that's the thing too. I mean, like if you think enough. As far as like of what, what is that? of what reality actually is, you know what I mean? Like sure. reality is merely like perception at any point. And like the idea that like I became emotionally invested in the survival of anything made me attached to it and I didn't want to see it die. And in a way it does actually die. Right. Yeah. Like, like I, I had this issue. I had this Farmville game. <laughs> Grew many, I've definitely seen like an ant many on Facebook. <laughs> yeah, yeah, many animals. And, you know, I had a lot of things going. And I was so bored of this fucking game. I didn't want to play it anymore. But I just felt this need for months. I didn't advance in the game or anything. I just basically kept it going. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know what I mean? In yeah. a weird like Truman Show kind of way where like I'm literally like the button master of this place. Like you're talking about, like if we're really like an experiment from somebody from another place. Like, let's see how this thing plays like, out. Oh, man, <laughs> fuck this. Reset. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, <laughs> you know, here comes the big wave and they just, you know, put another sim game on. Yeah. I had a similar one with the cats, like you showed me, Tom. Oh, yeah. I was like, you take care of cats in this yard. And then as you play the game, the yard expands to like the living room, and you get yeah. a little living room for your cats, and you just give them toys and keep them happy. And you can like, name the, the cats after your friends. I don't even like cats. <laughs> <laughs> but it yeah. is real, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. Uh, uh, you know, it, it interacts with you the same way that any other pet animal kind of thing would yeah to a degree you know and i mean and it's like if, goldfish is the same thing like you know, how what kind of uh communication do you have with a goldfish you know like it's sure. it excited when you feed it i yeah. guess uh and i don't own one so i might just be talking <laughs> shit on goldfish but if you it. believe that like science fiction is an indication of the future which it usually is like that experience is soon going to be like the human experience like it's going to be lived virtually you know what i mean like these side lives you're gonna have and stuff like that like totally it's getting realer and realer mm-hmm. it's already started i have uh, uh some friends who play video games online that are with like thousands of people you know like online yeah, games the real life yeah that kind of yeah. shit yeah, mmo yeah yeah mmos mm-hmm. and uh they'll spend you, you know three hours a day doing that and if you're working for another eight hours and then you have to eat for an hour like your social life is as an avatar with other people and as the sensory part of it gets more realistic, like um, if you could actually tap into to, uh, your neurological network and what would be the difference? You know? Yeah, I think people like so many people I talked like remember the I don't know, we might be like dating ourselves here, but like the avatar thing it was like icq or whatever went like late 90s early 2000s you got like you made like a little person and it was like a chat room but it was like a visual one you'd go to different like rooms of this house and you'd talk to people but you designed your own little like character i'm sure there was all kinds of things for this i just remember this one specific one and everybody laughs at that now and they're like that's so dumb you just like go and talk to people and like tell them how you're feeling i'm like yeah facebook that's exactly what you're still doing like it's it's all the same it's just in different forms i I mean maybe it's even cool in a way in the advancement of like society because you know you know you say like uh oh you should always be judged on like the content of your character and like how good of a person you are and that's where judgment is but like like it or not people are judging people on how they look on first glance, like constantly. Yeah. Oh. So like, what if there was this like true purity of experience where like on this thing you are equal and you're being judged on like how kind you are and how well written, I suppose, yeah. <laughs> like knowledgeable and all these different things like that would take that away. Yeah. So wild. Maybe it'll save us. Maybe. Yeah. All right. Uh, thanks to Joe and Tom for coming by. Thank you to A-Bar for allowing us to record in your bar if you're in Greenpoint and want to get a beer on Manhattan Avenue near McCarran Park. Or a kombucha on tap. Or a kombucha yeah. on tap. Or as it's cold been pointed brew. out, it's a great place to go if you're off the sauce, as they say. Yeah. Because you can, you can hang with everybody there else. There is cold brew and kombucha. I think that's fantastic. Which is strong. I think it's good. Strong selections. Yeah. Very strong. Need a little break now. But thanks so much for having... I mean, it's so nice that they let us do it here. It is you nice. Know? And uh, people can give us money now, right? Yes. If you want to give us money, you can go to Patreon, 
dot com slash going off track. Um, you can donate. You can get some cool incentives. You can get early episodes. And just get- a reminder, Jonah is the only one around here without children. Okay, that's true. He's got nothing to pay for but himself. That's true. I'm, <laughs> and his ramen bowls, and whatever I'm, the fuck I'm, he does. I, I think you would be surprised. I'm a little. I like organic produce. I got you know, like I, I have some things that. What's y- like your daily nut? Like you wake up in the morning. <sighs> Like, what are you spending a day just on yourself? I don't know. I'm talking, let me, like, this is yoga class entry. Right, right, right. This is food, drink. Are we talking rent, too, on top of this? Um, yeah, if you want to prorate your rent. No, no, not rent. That would okay. just confuse it. Yeah. Like, out of your wallet. Are we talking, like, my cell phone bill? No. No, okay, I'm talking, like, insurance. out of your wallet daily now. Okay. Like you're walking around, you I, got a bunch of stuff. I'm to a do. big like I'm a big proponent like monthly passes. So I'm like sure. I'm monthly for Subway. I'm monthly for yoga. Okay. Like anything I use, you know, yearly for the bathhouse. Anything I use a lot, I just kind of. Uh, but I would say, you know, I'll, I'll get an Americano maybe. Sure. Uh, yeah, I'll get you know I need all my smoothie supplies, organic sure. collagen powder, maca. I I would say probably like. Just on coffee and food, I don't know, maybe 20, 20, 30 bucks. But if I'm, you know, it, it depends. If I'm, if I'm going out to dinner, you know, that could get sure. crazy. If Especially I'm gonna, in Brooklyn. Yeah, yeah. What do you people spend for dinner there? About, what, 70 a plate? No, no, no. For no. avocado toast? No. Really? I don't even know what you people eat. No, I mean, but you know, I, I'll tell you. You know what? You you know, if I Bush go to, if I go to Juice Press, I'm getting a smoothie, ten bucks. That's ten oh, bucks. Yeah. You know, I get it. My you, my local smoothie spot is ten and change. Yeah, but that's why I got to go to Nature's Way, the old school spot. Yeah. That's like a regular smoothie. It's not a deluxe. I mean, it's got or, a lot of stuff in it. I'll, and organic. I'll only do organic know? if I'm going to pay ten bucks for because yeah. all these places around here, like Liquiteria, Juice Generation, you go in there, you're paying ten bucks. It's not organic produce. Yeah. I feel like if I'm going to pay, yeah. like juice press is expensive, but they put a lot of shit in there and it's all organic. You that should sh- be organic. Cause juice you go to the A&P so and get the ingredients for 75 yeah. cents. Yeah. And juice has, yeah, like so much pesticides, GMOs. Like, well, so there's just so much of the You know what I'm concerned about? Is that, exactly. Is that now that we find out your daily nut on just stuff like this, I think, I don't think we inspired people to give us money. Well, <laughs> I, I don't just know. Just remember everyone, this is Jonah... And Brad's got it's kids. Like, I got kids. They get these as, kids, I've got, as I've gotten older, you know, I've, I feel like it's. I impo- make eggs in the morning. It's turned into like eight. Yeah, I used to make like you know a couple for me and the eight the, eggs. You know, I used to make two for me. It's because you're in training, right? Eight eggs. No, it's not for me. <laughs> but that's what I'm saying. I'm I'm cooking breakfast for the family. I, I almost ripped through. It's like two, dozen eggs, two thirds of a dozen eggs. You feel, like, feel like a camp cafeteria. As I've, I think that, that self care is important though, and I think as I've gotten, I do. I think as I've gotten older, like I spend less money at bars, I go out less. Like I feel like I don't feel as bad dropping ten bucks on a smoothie. Yeah, you know, sure. If it's gonna, you know, be healthy and satiate me. I mean, the one thing that people should know that when Jonah just said, "I'll, I'll spend ten bucks," basically he was pointing at himself. <laughs> To be like to maintain <laughs> this, and he kind of did to that whole this with his hands. He went from his shoulders to his knees, just like almost like look at the fucking goods. Yoga boy. It was really. I mean, yeah. I don't know, man. We're not. We're not gonna do well with money on this one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Shit, man. You asked. You asked, <laughs> Benny. You wanted to go down this road. <laughs> Joe and Tom spend way less money than you, probably. Yeah, and they live in Philly, so they, they definitely spend less money on rent. Yeah, they just drink. I don't know what they probably just have a beer and a scrapple, and then they're good to yeah, go for yeah, the day. Yeah, right? you should really I'm just like Eagles. Woo! Yeah, you should. That's do- one thing I'm mad we didn't talk about in this interview. I know that those guys were on tour when the Eagles won the Super Bowl, and they watched it in Antwerp with a bunch of Europeans oh, at right. like four in the morning. Yeah, and I forgot to ask about it. We'll have to have them back. Yeah. That'd be fun. After the party. Maybe different. Oh, good job. (laughs) Thanks, everyone. Yeah, thanks. Uh, Thanks. Bye.